Welcome, everyone, to this episode of the Vitalist Spark podcast. I'm Marcus Johnson, Director of State Health Policy and Advocacy at Vitalist Health Foundation. As my colleague John Ford mentioned last week, for the next several weeks, we'll be working on new content for you. So while we're putting our nose to the grindstone, enjoy a handful of past episodes that are still relevant in today's world. And what could be more relevant and timely than the end of the eviction moratorium, which is scheduled to occur in the next few days? That's right. The end of July marks the end of the eviction moratorium, which will have serious ramifications for tenants, landlords, and community health. Today, we take you back to an episode from January of 2021, featuring Kathleen Cole with the Arizona Foundation for Legal Services and Education, Alberto Rodriguez with the State Bar of Arizona, and Pamela Bridge from Community Legal Services. This episode provides a wealth of resources for both tenants and landlords as the moratorium comes to an end at the end of this month. We know you will find it useful. The thing we don't realize is that talking to people really does make a difference. Really just opening that line of communication with your landlord can make all of the difference. They have to put an eviction notice on your door, but it doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to move forward with it. So open that line of communication because you don't know what your options are if you don't do that. Tenants a lot of times go into these meetings blind as opposed to having the information that they need. So azevictionhelp.org is a great resource where they can find not only legal resources, utility assistance, rental assistance, but they can also find what they need in order to prepare for court or to prepare documents for an answer or a counterclaim in their eviction action. We need to make sure that we understand that this was a problem that existed before the pandemic and that we need to keep thinking of not just getting us through the pandemic, but long-term solutions for these tenants so that at the end of this, we just don't have the same situation We need to keep working with these amazing partners like the foundation and the bar to think of long-term solutions of how we can handle this eviction crisis in Arizona. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Vitalist Spark podcast. I'm your host, John Ford. And for episode two of 2021, we're taking a look at the potential powder keg of pending evictions in Arizona. Even as the pandemic is putting an enormous strain on healthcare systems, its economic impacts are profound and equally difficult to fathom. According to the National Council of State Housing Agencies, upwards of 250,000 renters in Arizona are currently in danger of eviction. We've said it many times before, housing is health. So how do we work to avoid yet another potential health crisis triggered by evictions? That is the half a billion dollar question. Landlord communications, rental assistance, Utility assistance and legal assistance are all parts of the equation. Help is on the way for landlords and renters. To make sure people are aware of what's going on and what's possible, we've got three great guests from the legal realm and a new website to talk about at azevictionhelp.org. This is an important conversation with resources that need to be spread statewide. So buckle up and listen up. Now, before we get to the conversation, know that Arizona is still surging in terms of new COVID cases, and our hospitals are experiencing the strains of what they're calling a surge within a surge. If that sounds bad, you're correct. It is. So, please contribute to slowing down the spread. Wash up, mask up, and shrink your circle. The more people we bump into, the more chance there is for COVID-19 to spread. It's that simple. Do your part. Shrink your circle of contact. Be COVID smart. All right, let's get to it. It's time to talk about the pending wave of evictions in Arizona. Most importantly, it's time to talk about resources to help stem that tide. As of January 11, 
2021. We are headed towards the end of the eviction moratorium in the United States. It's going to have a big impact in Arizona. And for that reason, we have three fantastic guests for you to meet today. First of all, Kathleen Cole. She's the Legal Information and Access Director for Arizona Bar Foundation. Kathleen, how are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Secondly, we have Alberto Rodriguez, Public Relations Manager at State Bar of Arizona. Alberto, how are you, sir? I'm doing fantastic. Thanks for having us today, John. It's really important that uh, we share the information with your listeners. We really appreciate it. And last but not least, Ms. Pamela Bridge. She is the Director of Litigation and Advocacy at Community Legal Services. Pam, how are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me today. Thank you for being here. Let's get started. Pam, it's January 11th. On January 31st, there's a moratorium that's about to expire on evictions, but that also hasn't stopped a whole lot of work being done in the courts. Talk to us about the scope of the issue in Arizona, a place where housing affordability is a real challenge. So right now, just to be clear, what's going on with the CDC order is that if tenants give their landlord a copy of a CDC declaration, then they cannot be kicked out of their homes as long as the landlord doesn't successfully challenge that. But two things can happen to them after they give the landlord that declaration. And that's up to the judge. The judge can decide A, to continue if there is an eviction complaint filed against them, the entire hearing until after January 31st. So right now in February, 2021, there can be eviction hearings scheduled right now. Or the judge can decide to go ahead and give the tenant an eviction judgment. So they'll already owe the landlord money and have a judgment against them, but a constable cannot lock them out of their homes. And this is only if the tenant gives the landlord the appropriate CDC declaration and the landlord does not successfully challenge it. So we have two groups of people who are giving those declarations right now. Their hearings are being continued to February or their hearings are going ahead and the judge is just deciding to continue the enforcement, which means the constable or sheriff can't lock them out. And the purpose of that is so that we don't have people looking for other housing in the middle of a pandemic with our high numbers. So what you will see if the CDC order is not continued, you will see beginning in February, lots of eviction hearings that were continued. Also families that received the continuance and received the judgment, but are now being locked out. That is potentially what we could see the beginning of February. The National Council of State Housing Agencies has said that it believes between 170,000 and 250,000 renters are currently in danger of being evicted and that 400,000 total households have little to no confidence they can pay rent next month. And when I, we talk about not being able to pay rent next month, let's just be clear that there are hundreds of families currently that are behind rent several months, that although there was rental assistance, for some reason or another, they did not get the rental assistance. They're not just behind January, they're behind several months in the past at this point. And that means that those landlords did not receive rent for those months. That is the current situation that we are in right now. 
In addition to that, in December alone in Maricopa County, there were 4,000 evictions filed. So that's 1,000 evictions each week. And we're expecting that number to even rise. Since we don't currently have rental assistance in this state, we're expecting those numbers in January to be even larger than that. So all this sounds pretty horrible, not to mention the fact that folks are up against a daunting legal process where landlords tend to have more power in the upper hand. Alberto, when you consider what's about to happen or what has already happened, what kind of resources and tools and options do tenants have? Well, there's a ton of options. The state bar offers one of them in partnership with the Arizona Bar Foundation. So uh, Kathleen truly has the knowledge on the package deal when it comes to evictions. So I would hand that off to Kathleen and then I can chat about the hotline specifically once she lets listeners know all of the resources that are available. So Kathleen, what are your thoughts on that? Arizona currently offers a wide variety of resources for tenants. Some are education specific on azevictionhelp.org, which was launched January 1st, offers both resources and the education aspect for tenants. And then also the COVID legal information hotline or Arizona attorneys respond is also a great resource, but legal aid is one of the top resources that we would direct tenants to for contacting and trying to get an attorney because in Arizona, 90% of tenants go unrepresented. I believe in 2020, only 200, which is 1% of all tenants that were evicted had legal representation. Whereas over 90% of landlords have legal representation. So it's a very unbalanced system. All right. I'm a tenant. I know I'm under threat of an eviction. Where do I go first? First thing that we would say, I think, is what Kathleen is saying, is that try to get legal representation. And legal aid is free representation. Most landlords are represented by an attorney. So the quicker you can apply for legal aid, the better. You can go to AZ Law Help and find out which legal aid organization covers you. In Maricopa County, we also have, as part of our legal aid, community legal services, in the city of Phoenix, we can represent every single tenant regardless of their income. Generally, legal aid is normally for tenants who are low income, but currently, the city of Phoenix is allowing us to represent every single tenant that is facing an eviction, regardless of their income. So the first thing I would always say is try to get to an attorney. If you call community legal services, we have paralegals and attorneys taking those calls right now, a special project just for tenants. But I'd also hand it back to Kathleen because while you're on the phone waiting for an attorney or waiting to go to court, there's so much information out there that the foundation has been able to put out to help you understand the process, which I think the more information we can give out to tenants as possible, but I just want to make sure that tenants make that call to that legal aid organization or go online as fast as you can, because the faster you get an advocate, the better off you're going to be. Following up with what Pam just said, if you go to azevictionhelp.org, you'll find what legal aid organization represents your county, and you can start easily from there. Also, while you're getting in touch with them, we highly recommend that you read through the information to find out what you should have or what you need in order 
to meet with your attorney so that you can be better prepared and say whether or not you even have a defense against your eviction. And while you're meeting with your attorney, you can present things like proof of payment or proof of rental assistance. Tenants a lot of times go into these meetings blind as opposed to having the information that they need. So azevictionhelp.org is a great resource where they can find not only legal resources, utility assistance, rental assistance, but they can also find what they need in order to prepare for court or to prepare documents for an answer or a counterclaim in their eviction action. The Arizona Attorney's Hotline is specific to COVID-related evictions. So I'm not sure if community legal services or all of the resources listed under the eviction help page are requiring the issues to be COVID-related. CLS and legal aid right away does not have to be COVID-related. We assist the dependents who are facing evictions before this, and we will continue after this. Hopefully there will be less after all of this is over. But for reaching out to legal aid, you do not have to have a COVID-related circumstance. If you do, that is something to bring up to your attorney on that first call that Kathleen mentioned, because that may provoke more legal rights that you have, that may give certain defenses. But if you're in a tenant and you are facing the loss of your home right now, regardless of the reason, we're in the middle of a pandemic, you should be reaching out to an attorney because there are plenty of rights that you have, whether it's COVID related or not. If I'm going to community legal services and making a phone call, does that cost me anything? No, it's completely free. There is no cost at all for any type of legal information or having an attorney represent you is completely free also. So Kathleen, it seems like the very first step is to get a little grounded. If you're a tenant who has never faced something like this, to go to azevictionhelp.org, get grounded in understanding what the options and rights might be, and also get the phone numbers that you need to get to community legal services and other free legal aid services. That's completely right. And there's three federally funded legal aid agencies in Arizona. There's Community Legal Services, there's DNA, and then Southern Arizona Legal Aid. And they offer free pro bono legal assistance for the counties that they represent. And you can find that information on azevictionhelp.org. You can either apply over the phone or contact the agency directly, or you can go and do the online intake to make sure that you qualify for legal assistance. And like I said, all of that information is available online. Along with that, that gets back to our legal aid is generally for people who are low income. In the city of Phoenix, again, right now, through the end of June, if you're a tenant, you can call our Tenant Eviction Assistance Project line, and regardless of your income, regardless of your legal status, we can assist you with your eviction. And so that's the one little thing up and beyond our normal legal aid programs that we're offering right now. I also think it's important to know that most of our services are bilingual English-Spanish, I believe there's a few other languages that the resources do provide, but definitely for those who need assistance in Spanish, they can get it. Alberto, where is the state bar of Arizona in all of this? There's a lot going on activity-wise, both on the, if you will, the plaintiff side and the defendant side. So how does the state bar position itself in the midst of this crisis? 
We are a consumer protection organization. A lot of people don't know that that's what the state bar is here to do. It, one, it regulates attorneys that are licensed in Arizona to practice law. On the other hand, we are here to protect consumers. So it's not unheard of that there's very, very small amount of folks uh, that have their license uh, to practice law in Arizona that take advantage of these types of situations. We want to make sure that the information and the representation that these tenants are receiving is sound. They're definitely going to get that from organizations like the State Bar, like Community Legal Services, like the Foundation, because we pre-screen them. We want to make sure that we're dealing with members who are upholding their license and the oath that they've taken to offer sound legal advice to the public. If they don't happen to go through one of these organizations and they're dealing with an attorney who's giving them problems or they feel that something's just not right, they can contact the State Bar and say, hey, you know what, I'd like to file a complaint. As of now, we haven't seen anything come through. But again, we've seen that with challenges and changes of immigration law, anything that causes a little bit of panic or uncertainty for the consumer. Again, the bad actors kind of take advantage of that. But thankfully, this type of situation, the eviction situation, hasn't resulted in that. And again, your listeners wouldn't have any doubt in their mind knowing that they're getting sound advice from any of the programs that we're talking about here today. Kathleen, you mentioned that azevictionhelp.org just relaunched on January 1. Talk about why it just relaunched and the gargantuan effort that you have put into this website and how it's changing basically day to day. Azevictionhelp.org originally was a project that the Arizona Bar Foundation worked with a student from Stanford University on to provide resources for Pima County three years ago. Because of that work, we had the content and it just needed to be updated, revamped, and made to be statewide so that it wasn't just Pima County. Over the course of December, a few of us, along with some wonderful website developer and some assistance from the legal community, helped take all that content, rewrite it, and then make it presentable for the public. It was a needed, needed tool to be revamped. We got it done and we are still working on updating resources and we're just waiting for information on how rental assistance is going to look as soon as DES receives those federal funds. And then we'll make sure all that information is updated and ready to go for the public. One of the great things that you did with the website was you made it accessible. You made people's capacity to process a lot of legal ease into something that people could digest. Thank Talk you. about how you did that. A lot of it, honestly, was our graphic designer and our web developer who was able to take some of this content and add images to it to make it so it was friendly and engaging and then breaking up the actual content so it wasn't just narrative related. It was broken down in bullet points and easily digested bits and pieces so that people can take a break when they're overwhelmed and come back to it if need be. We're still currently working on worksheets and checklists for the tenants so that they would have something tangible with them that they could walk away with. A lot of it has to do with the team that we worked with on making it so that the language and the content was easily broken down and understood. Pam, 
Sam, you said before we even got onto this show that you could talk about evictions all day. Where does that passion come from? And how does it play out in your everyday work at Community Legal Services? We had an eviction crisis in Arizona before COVID happened. We've been struggling with this issue for several years now. We had one of the highest eviction rates in the country here in Arizona. Now we have people who are in a worse position than they've ever were during that eviction crisis. And once these tenants get that judgment on their record, it becomes a barrier for them to be able to move on in their lives, to be able to find other housing, to be able to get their kids enrolled in different schools because they can't find permanent housing. Our shelters are increasing. So I think that we need to make sure that we understand that this was a problem that existed before the pandemic and that we need to keep thinking of not just getting us through the pandemic, but long-term solutions for these tenants. So that at the end of this, we just don't have the same situation we did have with more people with judgments on their records. That's not going to help us. I think we need to keep working with these amazing partners like the foundation and the bar to think of long-term solutions of how we can handle this eviction crisis in Arizona. And that brings us to the magic wand moment where you each get magical power. If you had a magic wand, what one or two things would you change right now? We'll start with Pam. I would like to have all of these tenants have a way to be able to get these judgments off their record. Again, that is a huge barrier to housing. In fact, for our low-income tenants, that keeps them off of subsidized housing. So if there was a way that they could dig themselves out of this hole that they're already in and a way that they can start fresh, make payment plans, that the landlords can still receive the money that they're due, but be able to get this judgment off their record and get this barrier removed, I think that's what our community needs. Alberto, Pam got the easy option. She got to go first. Ah. You cannot use your wand on the same thing. What would you choose? Well, based off of what we're seeing, I would like accessibility as well. Evictions are scary. Folks look for information. Sometimes when it's a little too late, they call and say, hey, I have a court hearing tomorrow. Obviously, it's a little different during COVID, but there's not too much accessibility when it comes to dealing with the courts. So I would say outside of the resources that our organizations provide, People start to think about these things at night. At 8 p.m., they start to worry. They can't sleep. They're worried about where they're going to move next. Being able to have someone answer their questions, sometimes it's an easy fix. And if they can just get on the phone with someone to get that question answered, that's what I think is so accessibility to a human, whether it's from the court or one of our organizations, just have that a lot more available. Kathleen, you still get to wave your wand, but I feel like Alberto just did an ad for azevictionhelp.org. Did he not? He definitely did. In addition to that, I would add that along with those resources and that accessibility is funding. Federal funding has been cut over and over again for legal aid, increasing funds to state resources, to community action agencies, and to partners would really help tenants as well. So funding on a state and federal level would be wonderful. In Arizona, I don't think people realize how quickly evictions move through the courts. So you get a five-day notice if you didn't pay your rent. And a landlord can post that on your door at 12.01 the morning after rent was due. And then you have five days. 
after that five day notice, you can be locked out of your house within 15 days, if not sooner. So it's a very fast moving process. And I personally, I think that it's something that we need to look at as a whole as to revamping the entire civil eviction process. Pam, what would you say to the tenant who gets that notice, gets that thing on their front door and thinks, you know, I guess my best option at this point is to just get out? Well, the first thing I always tell tenants to do is to communicate with their landlord, to go directly to the landlord and look for options. Right now, we have lots of landlords who are willing to work with tenants who might say, I'm giving you this five-day notice, but it's a reminder to you to communicate with me. So if they can work out a payment plan then to get it in writing, maybe that landlord is also willing to take a partial payment. That's another option. And DES is about to have tons of rental assistance, millions of dollars into our state. So the next thing would be trying to get that rental assistance, keeping that communication going with your landlord and trying to get rental assistance before you get the five-day notice is something to do. And then at that point, I would seek out the resources before I decided to move out because I would talk to an attorney, get on the phone and talk to a paralegal legal services and look at the bar. Because if you don't move out correctly, you could hinder yourself. You can leave, you can turn your keys in and decide that you want to move somewhere else. But there are a lot of factors to that. Like, can I afford to move? What's going to happen to my pets? What's going to happen with them? What do I need to do to make sure that I'm not owed for the next month's rent? And what can my landlord do with the amount of money that I still owe? These are all factors they need to think through. So we always tell tenants, don't make that decision hastily. Sometimes they assume their landlord's not going to work with them and they just give up. We always encourage people to know your rights before you make that decision because you may have legal defenses that you're not even aware of. And just like Alberto said, getting on the phone with someone and going through maybe those legal defenses that you have, you might have more leverage than you think you do. If you were a tenant and you already knew you had a judgment against you, what would you do? I will tell you that in my younger years, I was scared to death. I was renting an apartment in downtown Phoenix. I didn't have a good landlord. It wasn't a good time for me. And I was scared to death. But the thing we don't realize is that talking to people really does make a difference. I didn't know that it was that our office manager was willing to work with the tenants. And that's the thing. So now I think about my situation back then and the compassion that I received compared to now where it's elevated because of COVID, really just opening that line of communication with your landlord can make all of the difference. They have to put an eviction notice on your door, but it doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to move forward with it as quickly as they should. So open that line of communication because you don't know what your options are if you don't do that. And it's scary. Like I said, I've been there right out of college. I thought I had a decent paying job and didn't realize that bills start to stack up. So definitely understand the fear that takes over when you're about to lose the roof over your head or there's potential. Pam, no matter what stage of the process you are in, from non-payment of rent all the way through to actually knowing you have a judgment against you, true or false, I do have rights and options at every stage. That's true. You always have rights and there are always options. Even if you have a judgment against you, your landlord may decide to renew your lease and allow you to stay if you can work out a payment plan. That's what we're telling tenants again. Even if you have a judgment, your landlord may allow your lease to continue if you have a plan with your landlord. 
And you always have rights as a tenant, no matter what, no matter where you are in the process. So just making sure that you understand what those rights are and what options you have and what step in the process you are. Kathleen, literally, in order to understand those options and those rights, folks can go to azevictionhelp.org. Correct. And I would definitely add on also with this new rental assistance money that is coming to DES, that you can apply for rental assistance retroactively all the way back to March, up to three months worth of rental assistance. So even if you had a judgment against you, you can apply for rental assistance to try to satisfy that judgment if you haven't been locked out of your place yet. There are options and everybody has rights and you can find all of that on AZ Eviction Help, find legal aid, find rental assistance, find utility assistance, look for those things that could help you so that you don't get locked out of your house. So the rental assistance currently, you should apply for that when it comes out, definitely. It doesn't cover court costs and attorney's fees. Receiving rental assistance won't necessarily get rid of your judgment. So another reason to reach out to legal aid and reach out to your landlord. You might be able to negotiate that with your landlord or have an attorney do that. It's really, really important to get rental assistance. I just don't want people to think that that application is somehow going to take away their judgment without some extra work and some extra funds on behalf of the tenant. I also think Kathleen brought up a good point about other expenses. So utilities, a lot of folks don't know that there's utility assistance. So they're trying to make their money work and say, okay, well, I don't want to be cold at night. I need the gas to stay on because of our water heater. I need our water to stay on because we need to have access to the bathroom. And they try to work their current budget in with their rent. So it's really important for them to understand that there's assistance out there. All they have to do is apply. We've referred to assistance multiple times, specifically the upcoming rental assistance. Rumor has it that somewhere between $200 million and upwards of a half billion dollars may become available in this state for rental assistance. Talk about how possibly people can access that. Arizona has had $450 million designated to the state. Over $250 million of that goes to populations with over 200,000. And the other $200 million goes to populations below 200,000. And that money is being directed to DES, And they are currently working on a portal where there will be one application for landlords to apply for rental assistance along with the tenant. That is what we have been told. They are still working on the logistics of everything. There will be a one-stop shop for the entire state for people to apply. So whereas with the last rental assistance, people were jumping from organization to different agencies all over the place trying to find assistance, and this will be one place for people to apply. Will that be something that you can find information about and links to at azevictionhelp.org? Oh, definitely. In the find help section of azevictionhelp.org, rental assistance is one of the sections, and we will definitely be linking to DES's application. And then if the municipalities have their own, we'll be linking to them as well. So we're going to try to get as many relevant resources up as we possibly can for the public. If I remember correctly, it was Alberto who said, 
evictions are scary. They're also, for the average person, incredibly complicated. How should the average tenant think about how to simplify and act in ways that allow them to assert their own rights? Pam? First of all, they need to make sure they have everything in writing. We talked about communicate with your landlord. Every time that they communicate with their landlord and they have an agreement, they need to make sure that's in writing. Having things in writing protects them no matter where they are in the process. Because if they tell us they made an agreement with their landlord and it's nothing in writing, they're not really getting that protection. So that's always the first simple thing we tell tenants. Make sure you have a writing. And that can be right now emails, texts, anything that you send your landlord and your landlord agrees to. You just make sure you hold on to a copy of that. If you give a CDC declaration to your landlord, make sure you keep a copy so you can show the courts or the constable if they come to your door. So keeping that documentation is number one. And then number two, if they do get an eviction, make sure they let the court know their phone numbers and their email. Because as Kathleen said, it's all being done by phone right now. And courts are sending documents by emails right now. So you want to make sure that if there's documents being given out, that you get copies of them. If your court changes your hearing date, you want to make sure you know when that date is. So making sure if you do get something from the court, that that court has your up-to-date phone number and your up-to-date email. So those are my three things. Put it in writing. Make sure everybody knows emails and your phone number. Just a few minutes left. I want to ask each of you to offer your advice to both a landlord and a tenant as we go into February. And I'm going to start with Alberto. I know that we're here to chat really about the consumer's rights when it comes to evictions. From a landlord's perspective or a recommendation I would make is if you're able to be compassionate with your tenants. We're all dealing with this in one way or another, whether it's eviction, whether it's health, whether it's having been exposed to COVID, there's so many different feelings that are behind this. So if you know that you have to evict somebody or that you have to start the process, be as informative as you can to your tenant. Make sure that they know that you're not trying to kick them out onto the street just because you get enjoyment out of it. It's because it's a business. We understand that, that you have to get paid. So if you can help tenants, please try to help them. And from a tenant's perspective, again, I was on the verge of what they're experiencing. So it just really does take a little bit of homework and research with all of the information that we're providing you here today and get that communication line going with your landlord and with an attorney. I've been there speaking from experience. It's scary, but manageable. The resources are out there. Kathleen, you're sitting across the desk from a landlord and a tenant. What advice would you give to each? For the landlord, I would definitely advise them to be very knowledgeable about what the current AO and the CDC order require and to make sure that they are legally being ethical as well as compassionate to the tenant as much as possible. And then for the tenant, go to the resources that are available to you, azevictionhelp.org, Legal Aid of Arizona, State Bar of Arizona, the COVID legal information hotline. There's a lot of things out there that could help them throughout the entire process. And there are 
places where that can be helpful even after an eviction has occurred. So they are not alone. There are thousands and thousands of people out there being evicted or having judgments every day, and there are resources for them. Pam, you get the last word. Your advice to a landlord and a tenant. Well, first of all, I can't give a landlord advice or I'll get in trouble with the state bar, but I would beg them and say, if you're about to evict that tenant for non-payment of rent, that you just wait a little bit till all these state funds keep coming into our state and really help your tenant apply for these state funds. Just be a little bit more patient and you might be able to qualify for all of these funds. Uh, To the tenant, I would say the landlords are represented by an attorney and we have throughout the state really passionate, great attorneys and paralegals who can assist you for free that are used to working with the landlords who can streamline and help you get rental assistance if you need it. So level the playing field and get some help. Reach out to Legal Aid. Thank you, Pam. Thank you, Alberto. And thank you, Kathleen. Your work is fantastic and is indeed helping to level the tenant-landlord playing field through education, legal aid, and communication. Thanks to these and other partners, there is now one place where Arizonans can go to get up to speed and move forward with options. It's on the web at azevictionhelp.org. That's azevictionhelp.org. The site was relaunched on January 1 in a format that's accessible, digestible, and actionable. Right now, you can visit the site, pick the path that fits your current status, and one-stop shop for resources that meet your need, geographically and situationally. Better yet, the site is being updated continuously by all the contributing partners. That means you'll always find the latest help here, including checklists, worksheets, phone numbers, and more, especially the link to the upcoming rental assistance application from the Arizona Department of Economic Security, or DES, that you heard us talking about during our conversation. You'll find links to the website in our show notes, along with some other resources. Remember, housing is health. Keeping a roof over Arizona's heads means shelter and safety. It is also the foundation to health and well-being. So let's keep that roof in place using the resources of azevictionhelp.org for tenants and the pending hundreds of millions of dollars in rental assistance that can help tenants and landlords. The Vitalist Spark will be back with another episode next week. In the meantime, our back catalog of episodes awaits your ears. There is a lot to listen to, including guests from across the state and national experts too. Visit us on the web at vitalisthealth.org podcast. Check out all of our current and past episodes on Spotify, or simply reach into that podcast app you're listening to right now and select another show to find out what's going on related to health and well-being in Arizona. That's it for this episode. The insights, reflections, and takeaways from this dialogue belong at the family dinner table as much as they do in business settings, in city and town halls, and in the domains of healthcare and public health. So please, share this independent episode far and wide. Subscribe to the Vitalist Spark podcast to get notified as soon as new episodes are released. Or listen to the Vitalist Spark just like you listen to your favorite music on Spotify. Give us your feedback wherever you get your podcasts. Or you can also give us your input the old-fashioned way. Your corrections, complaints, and compliments are all welcomed by emailing us at feedback at vitalisthealth.org. Finally, remember this. With great responsibility comes great power. We'll see you back on the road to well-being soon. Vitalist Health Foundation is on a mission to connect, support, and inform efforts to improve the health of individuals and communities in Arizona. If you are facing eviction, no matter where you are in that process, please, please visit azevictionhelp.org, 
where you will find resources to help you through this difficult time. Again, that's azevictionhelp.org. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.